You're listening to the Women in Western podcast with your host, Cheyenne Draves. This is a lifestyle podcast where we discuss everything from faith to family, business and fitness with an emphasis on the glam and grit of women in the Western lifestyle community. Grab a coffee and go for a walk or a drive. Let's chat and inspire each other to be the best version of ourselves. Hello, ladies. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of the Women in Western podcast. Um, Things are a little different this week. We do have one big change that I wanted to point out. Um, Co-host Christina has actually stepped down from the podcast, and I would be lying if I didn't say I was a little sad about it. However, I'm really supportive of her decision to do what's best for her and um, pursue things that fill her cup, and I'm just really excited for some new adventures that she's going on. So like I said, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a little sad that (laughs) she's no longer joining me, but I'm very excited for her and some new adventures that she's pursuing. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into this week's episode. So we always start with a highlight of the week because I think it just sets the week off with a good little tone and maybe reminds you guys to just appreciate your highlights of the week. For me, it was actually a trip that me and my husband have had planned for a couple of months since um, our anniversary is this week. Actually, today I'm recording this on the Tuesday before we release on Wednesday, and it is our three-year wedding anniversary, and my husband and I just seem to never have a decent anniversary um, (laughs) adventure, and I say that because our first couple of anniversaries Uh, wedding anniversaries, we took the boat out and just had major issues like the boat broke down or ran out of gas and stuff like that. So we always have some mishaps. This year, uh, we wanted to have an adventure in the mountains. So we took the horses into Roosevelt National Forest here in northern Colorado. And we wanted to do like a little backpacking trip. Um, So we brought the horses and we camped. Um, We were going to initially pack the horses in and camp up on the mountain. um, But we decided against that. Thank goodness we did. Because we hiked, well, we rode seven miles in um, to an absolutely beautiful lake up in Alpine. It was so stunning. And on the way up, uh, my husband's horse threw a shoe. So my husband had to hike seven miles down leading him while I rode my horse. And by the time we got back down, it had been storming on us for a couple of hours. So it was like lightning, thunder, hail, rain on us on the way down, which was just another adventure. And we got back to the truck. And thankfully, you know, the storm... (laughs) went away and we got back to you know our camp and made dinner went to sleep and then in like 11:30 we just heard a bunch of commotion outside where the horses were on a high line and very coincidentally talking about our episode last week on colic um we had my husband's horse uh, seemed to get a little colicky he was trying to lay down he broke his lead line um trying to go down and you know me super misprepared so we gave him some electrolytes banamine you know we're offering him water the whole shebang um and he seemed to do fine after that so you know we barely slept all night just kind of like listening outside but he did great and he's been fine ever since that being said, our anniversary trip was so much fun. If you um, saw the reel I made on my personal Instagram, it was so much fun. However, it was a you know a little bit of an adventure. I feel like like all of our anniversary trips are. <laughs> so like how that is, I like how that is um, a bunch of things that went crazy during our trip, but it was definitely the highlight. 
So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into this week's episode where I interview Tracy Jones, who is an absolutely phenomenal human being. I've been following her for quite a while, and she is a um, PowerFit coach. Christina and I have talked about PowerFit in the past on the podcast, and she's actually um, my empowerment coach, and I'm just obsessed with her. She is such an amazing human being and she recently started a new venture with her husband and they are first generation cattle ranchers which is absolutely amazing and inspirational. I can't wait for you guys to hear her story and kind of see how her and her husband got this started and what their goals are with this company. So go ahead and give it a listen. It's so inspirational for people that feel like the Western industry is gatekept but they genuinely just want to make a difference in the Western community and get their you know get their start in it. So go ahead and give it a listen. I am so excited for this episode. And without further ado, let's get on into the interview. All right, Tracy Jones, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We are so excited to have you on. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for asking me. I was so excited um, and just really honored that you asked me to be on here because I don't know, you know how like when you don't see yourself the same way that maybe other people see you or whatever. And obviously this is like the women in Western podcast. I'm like, I don't even know if I fit in that category, (laughs) but I'm so, I'm so grateful and super excited. And like you, I love conversations and stories and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm glad to be here. My name is Tracy Jones. Um, my husband Landon and I have been married for, well, 13 years, I think. Yep. We got married in 2009. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. 13 years. And we have one daughter, Peyton. She's, she just turned eight. She had her birthday at the very end of July and she is a handful and so much fun. And she really is the one that has really brought me over to the Western world because I didn't grow up that way. I didn't grow up around livestock, like anything like that. So that really and truly is kudos to her, to Peyton for kind of driving me that direction. Um, let's see, we live in Melissa, Texas, um, real close to McKinney. So near Dallas. And we've been here for a long time. Um, I started out like in my professional life as a teacher and a coach. And, um, then that evolved into, um, I did, I did network marketing for a long time and loved that. was very successful with that branched that off into a few other things. My husband's an entrepreneur. We own a few businesses together, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of irons in the fire, but it's very fun. Very fun. I love that so much. And yes, I guess we have a big thank you to your daughter, Peyton, for you coming over into this little like Western community of ours. Um, How did she get into horses and all that? Okay. So I, (laughs) I have always been a lover of fitness my whole entire life. Um, I've always been super active. I grew up playing very competitive team sports Um, all the way through college. I was a division one athlete in college. Um, That was just my world. And I honestly, um, and I've talked about this a lot on my Instagram before, like my lifelong dream was to have a horse. Like I've always been obsessed with them, fascinated with them, like but the closest I ever really got to that was we had family when I was growing up that was like eight hours away that they had a farm. And in the summertime I would get to go there for like a week and we would trail ride until like literally from sunup to sundown. And that's my only experience with horses ever. Like I, you know, whatever, but I've always been a lover of fitness, 
always wanted to have a horse, never really worked out because I grew up in the suburbs, grew up playing team sports, went to college playing team sports, whatever. Um, and Landon and I actually got married when I was still in college. So, you know, I graduated college and was already married and doing the whole thing, whatever. Um, anyway, so I, um, at the gym one day met this really wonderful, beautiful woman who had these, this long, awesome hair and these big eyelashes. And I was just like this, I love this girl's energy. I'm so, you know how you just meet somebody and you just click with them and you're just so attracted to their energy. Okay. Well, this girl happened to be (laughs) Fallon Taylor. So I meet Fallon Taylor at the gym. I know nothing we are about big her. Fallon Taylor uh, fans of the podcast. Let okay. me tell you. So <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners are too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I meet her at the gym. We hit it off. Well, at the time at that gym, um, I was taking Peyton with me to the gym every day, and my gym didn't have childcare. They just allowed her to be in the weight room with me, which I look back on it now. I'm like, oh my God, that was probably like a lot of liability for them. But they How old was she at the time doing that? She was two. Two. <laughs> so she my daughter's was like, one and a half and I can't picture that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine taking her with you to the gym. And I mean, I was like lifting heavy, like the whole thing. And she would just toddle around in there with her little Yeti cup and her little snack. And we would just, she would just follow me around. Anyway, so Peyton also, you know, fell in love with Fallon Taylor at this time. Well, so she's, so Peyton then has grown up around horses. So she saw Fallon doing all this stuff with the horses and became just enamored with it. I mean, just eat up with it. Wanted to know when could she ride? When could she ride? When could she ride? And we made her wait until she was four. But then when she was four, she started taking lessons and learning how to ride. And now it's like a, it's a huge part of our life. I mean, it's you know, she's got two horses and we barrel race and do the whole thing. And like, I learned how to like back up and haul a trailer and pull a trailer and hook it and unhook it and all the things. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is so funny because I've been like a huge Fallon Taylor fan since like 2012, I want to say. And then, um, I also do power fit. I'm actually a part of your coaching group. And, um, that's kind of how I came into like knowing you. And then I've also like followed Fallon. And so seeing that I'm like, Oh, they just must've been like friends. This is like the first time I've heard that story. That's so funny. We met at the gym and I, um, I followed her on Snapchat at the time because a friend of mine told me, Hey, you should follow this girl. You're not going to have a lot in common with her because she, she's a rodeo girl, except you will love following her from a business perspective. So I like loosely knew who she was or whatever. And then we ended up meeting, I mean, we're, she and I are from the same area. I live in the same area. We ended up meeting at the gym and I was like, and the just totally. Yeah. But she is totally responsible for getting Peyton heavily invested into barrel racing. That's so funny. Like your love of fitness kind of like was able to get Peyton where she's supposed to be. I love that. And I also in this, I'm in the same boat. I have been riding horses most of my life and I'm, I don't barrel race by any means, but I own businesses. So that's kind of how I started, you know, getting really into being a fan of Fallon was because of the business thing. Um, and speaking of businesses, the biggest reason we wanted to bring you on the pod is because I've been recently following your journey with starting a cattle business and this is like so fun to me. So let's get started on that. Tell us about your family's cattle business. Listen, it is so fun. Okay. So my husband 
so I told you, like, I didn't grow up around, like, I grew up in the suburbs, okay? I didn't grow up around livestock. Now, he and I grew up across the street from each other. So, I mean, he's been a part of my life. I've been a part of his life since we were 11 years old. So, um, which is pretty cool. But anyway, I, I just was never around. I was always fascinated with, like, livestock. That whole, like, the whole thing was very fascinating to me. Like, just a, like... I don't even know how to describe it, but just like a, a very, I had a, like a wonder with it. Like, this is so cool that there are people that live this totally different life than me. Well, my husband, um, grew up, his grandparents had cows and had a cow business and a cattle business and all this kind of stuff. So he, although we grew up in the suburbs, he spent a lot of his time on the weekends and stuff like that, doing that stuff with his granddad. And then our cattle business is actually also with my husband's older brother. So the, so JB stands for Jones brothers. So they grew up together kind of learning that and doing that. And both of them had kind of always had like this vision of out in the future. This is something that we would love to do. They kind of had it pegged on the vision board a long time ago. This is something we would love to do together at some point. Um, and then it kind of, it obviously has come to fruition now. And um, it is the coolest thing because it's a very, family involved business. Um, Peyton has gotten quite the education on a lot of things because obviously there's, you know, breeding and calving season and all this stuff. And it's just, it's like an entire science experiment every single day. (laughs) 100% science, like homeschool science every day. Like it is the coolest. So, but we have a lot of fun doing it together. So yeah, it's, it's kind of, and you know, we bought, we very first like started our herd back towards the end of 2020. But when, you know, we, I have learned that starting a cattle business, it takes a lot of time. It's a huge investment up front and it takes a lot, it takes a long time because you have to be able to get through a couple of calving seasons and things like that, where you start to have calves hit the ground that you can actually do something with. So it's been a really long process. So we actually started our herd back in like December of 2020. Yeah, December 2020. And then now is kind of just when we've started to like really go public with it because now we actually have something to offer to the public. So. Wow. I had no idea. I mean, I guess that's one of those things with a first generation you know, cattle yeah. ranch, you know, a lot of people aren't first generation, so they kind of get grandfathered into it and kind of just keep going. I had no idea that you had to just like take a couple of years to start. Yeah, no girl, we like, and that is one thing that you, when you asked me like, Hey, would you be on this podcast? And I was like, you remember I said to you, I was like, Hey, like disclaimer, I am first generation. Like I was not born into this. I, I am learning as I go, you know, and, and Landon really too, because his parents don't, his parents don't do anything with any kind of cattle or anything like that. I mean, we are hundred, like we're first, first gen, you know? And, um, so I was a little nervous to come on here and like talk about that. But I think one of the things that I have learned through that, that is so cool is that at some point, somebody was first gen, I, you know, exactly. at some point. Somebody was first gen and, um, you know, you have these big, like these families that are, you know, in that world, in that Western industry and and not even just in the cattle industry, but even in other things, cutting and, you know, whatever that it's like this long family history and, and these kids are born into it 
and da 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 and and that's amazing too like how cool that like their families have been such amazing stewards of this of the industry and of the business and then they they are born into that and they get to continue that legacy and how cool is that well we're starting a legacy like it's brand new baby like <laughs> it, we are I first love it. it's so cool and um I don't know if you, um, yes, I do. I know you follow her, but one of my best friends, Lauren, lovingly known to us as Lala. Who oh, is yes. I'm obsessed with her account. I've always been obsessed with her account. <laughs> yes. She's incredible. Right. So the thing that really like shot her into the, you know, virality of the internet was her, her quote about be your own brand of cowgirl. And I think that is the, I mean, we, I mean, you know, there's like a whole thing with it now. Like she did a collab with Ranch Dressin instead of, and I think so many people relate to that, myself included, because I am a hundred percent my own brand of cowgirl. Like, and we're just having to figure it out as we go along because there's no, there's no history. There's nothing for us to turn around and go, okay, well, when this happened to you before, what did you do? It's like, we're just figuring it out as we go, which is cool. Cause I hope we get to pass it down to our kids and you know, all of that kind of stuff. Exactly. And I know you kind of like touched on it, but yeah, you did mention, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing on the women in Western podcast, Cheyenne. Like I, I do not know what I'm doing. I'm not part of this. But the thing is, is I think our like industry and community, like we really just say like the Western community, I think it's been gatekept in the past, but I think right now it's starting to make this shift of a little bit more like inclusivity because um, I don't know, it's kind of a stupid little um like anecdote of it but my um it's about a tiktok but have you listened to that um tiktok sound that's like i forget what song it is it's some maybe halsey or something like that but it's like our world is slowly dying it's like that you know song and my husband and i we cowboyed for you know he cowboyed for like 10 years in the first few years of our marriage and we have so many friends that are still in that community and like, we miss it, um, a lot, but it's like, we have friends that they're posting videos of their kids with that sound because like, it's, it's a slowly dying, like breed of cowboys and cowgirls. And I think it's so important that this industry doesn't gatekeep and we include people to like, Hey, we need more people getting into this. And I think that's like a big thing. This podcast, we've had plenty of people that are like women in Western, like, what are you talking about? I'm not part of the Western community. And I'm like, yeah, you are girl. (laughs) But you are, you like it you are. yeah, <laughs> you know, and, um, to elaborate on that thought a little bit, I think it's so important that we have different brands of cowgirls that come into the, into the community because we all have something to offer and we all have a different spin on things and we all have a different thought. And then, you know, and those, those cowgirls that are generational cowgirls, right? Like they, they've been, they were born into it. They, they have this long family history of it. They obviously have a lot to teach us, but then we bring things from outside of the Western industry in that, you know, hopefully can help the industry, the community and the industry to continue to grow and flourish because we need it. And like our cattle business specifically is it's beef cattle, you know, and it's like, that's a really important thing in the world that we live in, you know, and one of the reasons we're so passionate about it is because we, um, we're so passionate about like, um, being able to provide food for people that they can trust, you know, food that's, that's clean, that's been responsibly raised. And we're very into regenerative farming. And that's been really cool to like, kind of learn and figure out and, you know, um, all of that. And that's a whole other rabbit trail that we could go down, but, um, (laughs) it, it is so neat. And I, I think that, um, 
like I said, just being point blank, totally honest, I was a little nervous to come on here. Cause I'm like, I don't know if the Western community wants to hear from me. Like, I'm, you know, <laughs> you go somewhere and I'm at a barrel race and I'm going to be in like, you know, with my long extensions and my lashes and in my bands and you're not going to catch me in a pair of boots or anything like that, you know, but I think that's, what's so beautiful about it is that we can all bring different perspectives and different, um, just different blessings to it. It's so true because here's the thing, all of us that's, you know, with this podcast, we just have people sharing stories end of the day and everyone has a story and everyone has stuff that they're good at stuff that they've experienced. Like, here's the thing. I consider myself a part of this like Western community. I've never raised cattle. Shoot. I I don't know how to work cattle. We cowboyed, but we ran horses. So we had like 600 head of rental string horses. So I don't know Jack about, you know, cows. There could be, you could go to a rodeo Tracy and like, you know, go watching Peyton in your vans and your, you know, skinny jeans looking all cute. And there's probably rodeo cowgirls there that have never raised cattle either. So you have like that different perspective of them. Totally. And you know, what's so cool too is um, like I said, you know, we're first gen, so we don't have like a family history of this. And what's been really neat to see is um, through the process of building our herd and, and buying cows and selling and weeding out things that we don't want genetically, you know, whatever. Um, There have been a couple of older gentlemen that have really, we have no family relationship to them whatsoever, but that my husband and my brother-in-law have met through things and whatever that have really stepped in and played mentor roles big time. And what's really cool to hear from them. And I didn't understand it at first. I'm like, why are they so like, they don't know us. They don't know anything about us. Like we have no tie to them. Like, why are they so, um, adamant about really helping and teaching and, I guess you just don't see that a lot anymore. Um, but they have, they have both been very vocal about the fact that the young rancher is kind of dying out and to see my husband and his brother who were both, you know, in our thirties and really trying to make this happen. It's exciting to them to see some young families that really want to ranch and want to do this and want to continue that industry and continue the community and continue you know, all of that, because it's, it is dwindling a little bit. So it's been pretty neat too to have those kind of mentor guys kind of step in and say like, Hey, we'd love to, we'd love to help you. We'd love to be on your side. We'd love to walk alongside you while you figure this out, because we want you to be successful. We want to see these young families come up in the industry. I love that. And that kind of goes back to, you know, the people that are trying to quote unquote, like gatekeep, um, people out of like this, you know, industry, those people are in it for the wrong reasons. And they're just, you know, yeah. it's, it's genuine yeah. people that want to help you. And that's like really heartwarming to hear that about those, about oh, those guys. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and we so, very supported like online, you know, like all of the feedback, you know, um, that I get personally online and stuff like that. All of it has been so positive. I think you hear a lot about trolls on the internet and hater, you know, not, and it's a hundred percent out there, but I will say like the following that I have, they are like, they are, you know, they are a hundred percent behind us. And it has, it's been, that's been really cool to see too. That's amazing. So do you guys live on the ranch? Are you moving out there? I mean, I kind of want to touch on like, we saw a little tiny home action on your Instagram. So let's talk about that. Yes. The tiny house is the coolest. We do not live on the ranch. It is our goal to get out there full time permanently 
um, sooner rather than later, but we don't, we're not out there full time right now, but we do, <laughs> we did put a tiny house out there because, um, when we bought our ranch, there were no structures. I mean, it was raw, raw land. So like nowhere to stay, nowhere to go to the bathroom, you know, like anything like that. So, um, we had like a little camper out there for a little while. And then we kind of stumbled across this tiny house idea. We we're like, Hey, that could be like a really great setup for out there until we're out there permanently. Um, and it is the coolest. And I will say this when Landon was like, Hey, I think we're going to do a tiny house. I was kind of like, cool. That sounds great. And I had in my mind, like, you know how you see people that will make tiny homes out of like train cars, like boxcar type stuff or whatever. Oh, yeah. like super small. Okay. This thing comes rolling in and I'm like, this tiny house is not very tiny. Like it's, it's the coolest. So that's my um, kind of tiny house though. <laughs> I know it's so great. But for us to be able to go and be out there and stay, you know, like we stayed for a week, a couple weeks ago and, and then, you know, obviously my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, niece and nephew, they can go out there or whatever and be there. And, um, that's pretty nice to have. Um, but yeah, our goal is to definitely be out there permanently sooner rather than later. That's nice. I mean, that's a perfect, like, you know, setup for you guys, a good future plan. I love that. That's amazing. How far is it from where you guys live now? So our, it's about an hour from the house, from our house to the ranch. It's right at an hour. So, um, it's a very easy drive. Like, and we're, I mean, Landon's there right now. We're there. One of us is usually there every day. So that drive is also like, okay, like let's get out there permanently. And then also this is something people ask on the internet all the time is if our horses live with us um, and they don't because like we live in like a neighborhood. So I think people just assume that we, because we have horses that we live somewhere where our horses live with us and they don't. Um, and that obviously is Peyton's like ultimate, like life dream is for her horses. It's every little girl's dream. It's like the best dream to have. Yes, it was my dream when I was a little girl, you know? Um, so obviously that's another big incentive too, is we want to get out there and take our horses out of boarding and have them out there with us where they're just right there, you know? And there's pros and cons, right? Boarding them is great because the boarding facility that we use, they are incredible, top notch. And um, we trust them a hundred percent. Like we were gone to Tennessee for a week last week and we don't even have to blink or think or worry about it. Um, but it will be so nice to like, because Peyton does love all aspects of horsemanship. She doesn't just love to ride. She loves to feed. She loves to groom. She loves to like just be in the barn with them and like clean their stalls out and just be around them and stuff like that. So she's very excited to to get out there at some point and have them like in the backyard kind of thing. I know? love it. And this is a really um, funny side note, but like I said, I've been following you on social media for a while and I love following and watching Peyton because here's the thing. I was going to tell you this. She is like such a horse girl at heart and you have like, you know, a little substantial following. And I think yeah. a lot of like moms are going on social media and making their, these kids out to be these like, you know, little mini influencers and Peyton, she's a horse girl and she's cute and she's funny and she's quirky and you're showing all the quirks and the funny stuff that I remember being as a kid and you're not, you know, trying to polish her to be this like influencer. That's what I love about her. Oh, she, and she has a bigger following than I do. And she, <laughs> she's hysterical. And she landed and I say this all the time. I'm like, babe, how did you and I, who grew up in the burbs, 
playing team sports like football, baseball, track, me, volleyball, basketball, golf. And, and we somehow gave birth to the punchiest little cowgirl I've ever seen in my life. How did that happen? And, and we laugh about it all the time. Because, I mean, she like, we didn't know what punchy was when she was born, but we figured it out pretty quick. I mean, she just, and yeah, she's so great. And she does her little deal online and we show all her stuff and she loves to share the journey. And I don't polish anything. I mean, I let her, when she records her little stories and stuff, I just kind of let her, I mean, obviously I'm running the whole thing, but I don't tell her what to say. I don't, you know, she, and right. she That's... handles things, but. That's what I love about it. And like, I remember one post you posted about when you guys go out to dinner, she gets like all super cute and dressed up. I'm like, that's the kind of stuff I would do when I was a kid. And you don't see people posting about that. Like, it was so cute to me. I'm like, look at her. She's in like heels and a full on dress and they're going to probably the oh, Olive yeah. Garden. Oh, yeah. Well, and here's what's hilarious. So the dinner that, you, that you're talking about was for my birthday. And she put on heel, I mean, high heels. And she told me, we were out shopping one day doing some stuff. And she saw this little pair of high heels at like Nordstrom or something. And she goes, mom. And I'm like, this is the kind of thing. I'm like, where did you hear this? She goes, I think every girl needs a good pair of heels in their closet. So she totally just like hook, line, and sinker baited me into buying these heels for her. But she really has worn them. And, um, so, and I knew when, at the time when we bought them, I knew that Landon was going to be asking her to the daddy daughter dance like a couple weeks later. So then she would be like, I really do now. I really do need these heels, you know, but exactly. okay. So is like for my birthday, she wore the high heels and the big foo-foo dress. I mean, tulle and a huge bow and like rhinestones. I mean, it's like, like the Easter Sunday dress. Yes. Like a wedding dress. I mean, it's huge. To my birthday. And of course, everybody in the restaurant is like, oh my God, just, you know, doting on her. Well, then to Landon's birthday dinner, mine and Landon's birthdays are only 30 days apart. So then to Landon's birthday dinner, she wears jeans, boots, spurs, a rodeo shirt, and a cowboy hat. I mean, like, we're on all this. This girl has my heart. Like, punchy one minute and full glam the next. Full glam. Mascara. Can I get a little lip gloss? The whole thing. Yeah. She's so great really fun for her to be so involved with horses. I mean, she is a horse girl at heart. I mean, she truly is. And I've had to learn everything with her because I didn't know what's a cinch, what's a girth, why do we need a bit, what's a fetlock. I didn't know any of that. I had no idea. I didn't know how to saddle a horse. So I've had to learn everything with her. So it's been pretty cool because we're gaining our knowledge together at the same time. Um, just like with the cattle business, because we take her to do everything with us. And, um, and that's, you know, just to kind of get that education with her at the same time as her and see her learning and growing all it's, it's such a cool family oriented thing, both the horses and the cows. I love it. And then speaking of, you know, like with the cows and with Peyton, um, what are your goals for this business? And, you know, it sounds like Peyton's like really excited about it. You know, is she and her cousins kind of like our goals for them kind of to continue it? What are your goals too? Well, my goal for her always is to do what her heart desires, you know, and it's funny because people ask me online all the time, like, what are your goals? Cause she just got a new mare and people are like, what are your goals for the new mare? I'm like, I don't ride the mare. Like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> That goals for her. Like, this is her journey. We, we let her set the pace. We support her period. End of story, you know, like that's it. So kind of same thing with this. Um, you know, if this is something that she would want to do when she grows up and she wants to continue it, then fantastic. 
if she wants to go do something totally different, fantastic. You know, whatever our goal as of right now, kind of like a little more nearsighted, what we're focused on is, um, obviously building the business to where we can continue to provide beef to direct to consumer for as many people as we can support responsibly. And then also we would love to get into a situation. We were just talking about this last night. We would love to kind of get into some local, um, kind of like mom and pop stores around. So, um, and some local like farm to market type stores. So for example, there's a family farm just about 10 minutes from my house here. It's called Reeves family farm and, um, shout out to Reeves cause oh my gosh, they're amazing. But they have a family farm and they, um, do all kinds of produce and stuff like that. So like we, we don't shop in the grocery store a ton. Like we go to Reeves every Friday and that's where we get all of our produce and like dairy and all that kind of stuff. Well, they have a small, um, like meat section where they partner with local ranchers and local ranchers bring their beef and things like that and chicken, you know, whatever. Um, so I, we would love to get into like some farm to market kind of places like that, where we're providing the beef a little more like onesie twosie kind of thing, like where somebody could grab a steak that they want to try because what we're doing right now, direct to consumer, it's like either a side or a whole cow. Like it's a lot of beef, you know, but if we could get into like some farm to market type places or some locally owned family owned grocery stores, we would love to do that, provide our beef, you know, to the community that way and kind of grow, grow in that regard too. I don't think we'll ever lose that direct to consumer aspect um, because we like dealing with the customer. We like dealing with the consumer and providing that to them and being able to answer their questions and, and then hear back directly from them, you know? Um, so that's pretty cool too. So I think we'd really like to kind of have both of those things going that direct to consumer and then hopefully get into some local stores as well. Exactly. I, Love that. I feel like that's um, probably a rewarding thing that a lot of ranchers don't get is being able to directly, you know, be involved with a consumer. And you guys yeah. are making that a point. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um. Well, wrapping up, Tracy, this has been like such an amazing episode. I've learned so much and I'm so thankful that you've been able to like share this. But one question that we ask all of our listeners is what the biggest piece of advice or the best thing people can learn from your story is. Oh, okay. So I, I think I would go back to the first gen thing here because I mean, I think that's probably one of the biggest components of our story is that we don't come from a long line of ranchers. We don't come from any line of ranchers. And that if you have something that you are excited about, that you are passionate about, that's a passion point for you, you don't, it doesn't matter if you have a history or you don't have a history or you have credibility or you don't have credibility. Anybody has a right to step in and start something that they want to start. You know, um, you don't have to be born into it. You can, you can still earn it without being, without being born into it. And I think that's probably going to be one of the biggest things with our story is that, you know, like we started it off of our own like vision and idea and here's what it's grown into, you know, looking down, down the road or whatever, but, um, just that you can be your own brand of cowgirl. You can be your first generation cowgirl, cowboy, rancher, you know, whatever that looks like in whatever piece of the industry you fall in, you know, like you said, you know, you guys cowboyed or your husband cowboyed or whatever, and you guys did horses and not cattle, but you also don't barrel race. So then there's, you know, there's all these different little offshoots 
within the industry or whatever. And you don't, you don't have to be born into it. If it's something that you're passionate about and that you have a love for, just do it. Like you can, you can start it, you can do it and you can figure it out along the way. And there will be people that will come alongside you and mentor you, help you, encourage you when you don't have anybody else to turn to. Cause, cause we don't, you know, and then there's been people that have come beside us and said like, you know, just mentored and, and that's really cool. But, but you, you don't have to be born into it. I love that so much because I relate it so much to like the businesses that I have. So I, um, you know, with this podcast, no one tells you how to podcast. Like we just, you know, started this thing and you look it up and you know, there's not a lot of people that do it. So you don't have a lot of people to ask and I can totally relate with you. I mean, obviously this is like a little smaller scale and less risk involved than starting a cattle business, but I'm also an equine dental tech. Yeah, I'm yeah. an equine dental technician and I had to go to school for that and I didn't know who the heck did that and, and took the risk yeah. on that. So it's such a testament to like, take the damn risk. If that's what you want to do, yeah. it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And and once you jump out and take the risk, there are there are people that are come, going to come alongside you and help you. And you never know what like your, you know, what you jumping and taking that risk, you never know how it's going to bless somebody else until you do it. You know, just like I think about the people that we've sold our beef to, like they're so grateful that they have a place where they know they can get responsibly raised beef, you know, that's good, clean beef. And, um, and that's great for them. And it's just, it's every decision has a, starts a chain effect. It starts a ripple effect. And you like, you know, use the term gatekeeping earlier, but you kind of like gatekeeping your dream and not going after it. Like, what are you holding back from other people now? Like you're, you know, you're bottlenecking the system. You got to like, Oh my gosh, that just gave me chills because I have been doing a lot of, um, prayer about kind of like your gifts that God gives you. And it's such a, it's such a, a fact that God gives you these gifts and we're doing a disservice and not honoring him when we're not living to our full, full potential and like honoring those gifts that he's given us. Yeah. And you bottleneck the whole system because somebody else's dream is attached to yours and it may be something totally, you know, it may offshoot in a totally different direction than what you would assume or whatever, but everybody, your like whatever dream you have, it's tied to somebody else's dream. Like you saw it somewhere, you heard it somewhere. So if that person hadn't done whatever they did that allowed you to see it and catch the vision, you would have never caught the vision for your dream. So it's kind of, it's a chain effect and it's a chain reaction. And if you don't go after the things that are in your heart that you desire, you bottleneck the whole system and every, you know, the inspiration gets lost. Oh my gosh. Chills, Tracy. You're like, you're spitting fire right here. So people like need to hear this. And I'm telling you what, your Insta stories are, you know, like on point. They're like one of the first ones that shows up on mine. So I always watch yours. They're amazing. Um, But tell people, (laughs) tell people where they can find you on the gram, on socials, where they can find your businesses, all that stuff. So they can follow along. Okay. So my personal Instagram, Instagram is tracy.w.jones. That's kind of a mouthful, but, and my name is T-R-A-C-Y. There's no E or anything. So Tracy.W.Jones. And then our cattle brand is J-B, like Jones Brothers, J-B-3 Cattle Co. And, um, 
And so you can find us online there. My daughter is Miss P the Cowgirl, M-I-S-S-P the Cowgirl. The most she's fitting cowgirl. Instagram handle to date. <laughs> oh, she's a hoot too, man. She is a hoot. I love it. We'll make sure to tag all of these on our Instagram as well yeah. so everyone knows where to find you. And Tracy, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Like I said, I was, you know, I I was super nervous because I'm like, I don't know if I really fit the bill for your audience, but you know what? Somebody was first generation at some point, even, you know, somebody was first gen. So somebody's got to step up and do it. So we're excited. I love it. No, thank you so much. And maybe we'll have to do another catch up episode in a few months to see uh, where the, where the business is at when you guys are booming and in all the, all the grocery stores. (laughs) That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. All right. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Women in Western podcast. We are so thankful that you guys tune in every Wednesday. We'll have a new episode next Wednesday, but until then, follow us along on Instagram at Women in Western podcast, and we'll see you next week. 